Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. Hope everyone is doing well. We're back again with a weekly podcast. And this week, obviously, it's around Father's Day, so we can't not talk about dads. We've always talked about moms, and I even wrote a book about it called Side by Side. But I really want to talk about dads this week. But you can't really talk about dads without talking about moms on some level because really dads are trying to find where they belong. And I think they know where they belong. They just don't always feel like they belong. And so today we're going to have a little bit of a debate between a stay-at-home mom and a stay-at-home dad because there's got to be strengths and pluses to either one because at the end of the day, a child has a parent who loves them, who keeps them safe, and that's really what it's all about. So give us a call at one eight five five sophie now or one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. Every caller will receive a free signed copy of my book, Side by Side, the Mother-Daughter Conflict Resolution Book. We got some great guests on today, and we're talking about dads, stay-at-home moms versus stay-at-home dads. Is there a side that has a better upside, or are they both pretty much equal? We're going to be talking about a lot of that because it's Father's Day right around the corner. And we also did a Today Show in conjunction with the Today Show. We did a survey, and it's on uh, my Twitter. If you want to take a look at the survey, it leads you to the website. Very interesting responses from all over the country about Thoughts about dads, thoughts from dads, thoughts and comments from moms, and a lot of great indicators of where we all kind of lie across the country as far as dads, their roles in the house, out of the house, mom's role in the house, out of the house, and dad and mom's role. So take a look. It's really interesting. It's at the uh, Today Show website as well. So joining me today, I have some really, hopefully, powerful and ready to debate now, not fight, but debate the stay-at-home mom versus stay-at-home dad issue. And and with me today is Dr. Shannon Tassava. She is a private wellness coach with a PhD in clinical psychology from the University of Illinois at Chicago. Tons of experience, 15 years at least, and she's got some really great books out. She's a writer. She has a really interesting book that was just released, and I think the title is pretty funny, The Essential Stay-at-Home Mom Manual, How to Have a Wondrous Life Amidst Kids and Chaos. I want to know what a wondrous life feels like. And we're going to talk to her about her thoughts and feelings about being a mom and also a working mom and what her thoughts are about staying at home, about from the mom perspective as well as from the dad perspective, because then we have a dad joining us who is probably hopefully going to step on up and really give us some other good information because he's got a huge amount of experience as well. And that would be joining me is Hogan Hilling. That's a interesting name. 15 years again of experience, facilitator of open discussions, forums for dads, 10 years of experience as an instructor of workshops, moms and dads and a at-home dad for about 20 years. He's got a ton of personal experience, media experience, great books, Dads Behaving Dadly. That sounds interesting. So we're going to talk to both of our guest experts, and we're going to start a debate. You guys with me? Hello, I'm with Dr. You. Sophie. You ready to fight? Sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. So joining me today is Shannon and Hogan, and I want to know, Basically, from both of your perspectives, what do you think about this stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad issue? I mean, I did a survey with the Today Show yesterday, and they got a lot of responses, both positive and negative. And I'll tell you what some of them were. But, Shannon, give, me, give us your thoughts a little bit about you know, your perspective as a working mom and your, the part of you that stays home. Yeah, well, um, I'm primarily a, a stay-at-home mom. Um, I'm home with my girls full-time. And I do my writing and my wellness coaching on a part-time basis from home. So I've been home with my daughters since they were born. 
And what I feel is that who is home with the children depends on the family and um, who feels fulfilled by that and what works with the other um, partner in parenting in that household and sometimes economic details and, and things like that. And I would never say that it has to be a mom who's at home with the children. That's what has worked for my family. Okay. All right. Mr. H., what do you think? Yeah, I, I came out of the pantry in 1991. And, um, you know, some of the challenges that still exist uh, today to some respect, um, it wasn't a gender issue with my wife and I. Uh, we just felt that I was the second choice instead of daycare. And we actually made a conscious decision. And honestly, I was fine with it. Uh, the challenging part was trying to get other people to embrace it and accept the idea. What, well, do, you, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, the comments, uh, and, and it kind of uh, refers to, you know, just basically how we look at men as fathers in general. We feel that, oh, they're inept, um, that they're not capable, uh, that their job should be as the primary breadwinner. I would get comments what? like, like what, when are you going to go back to work? Oh, so I see you're babysitting the kids as if a man could not make the kind of a commitment to, to be the at-home parent. Well, I mean, when you hear that, Shannon, what do you think mm -hmm. that you're that other women maybe think that or feel that? Well, I think Hogan is probably correct, sadly. Um, it's not just the women, it's the men, too. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah, you know, I think that you're right about that. And all you have to do is look around and, and see that there are very few stay-at-home dads compared to stay-at-home moms. I have one at-home dad friend. Yeah, but you know what you guys have to realize? I, in the survey we did, about 50%, it's up about 15 Five zero percent, fifty percent. Oh no, that's true. And the, but the problem is, a lot of guys don't want to admit they're at-home dads. Why? Because, because their masculinity continues to be questioned. Because they nurture and take care of children. Right, but I mean, again, it's it's you know, and, and the the one thing that, and I feel bad for the moms because our culture has has told moms that from the time they're little girls and they want to be moms, they're pretty much taught that hey, when you grow up, men are inept as fathers, and then what happens is they get into super mom mode and they feel to make up for the husband's ineptness, they have to, you know, uh, work harder at being a mom, and then, um, you know, the trust factor in leaving the, the kids with uh, a man is not there either. I mean, I'm grateful because my wife, there's some women I know that wouldn't leave their husbands alone for an hour with the baby or kids. My wife did it for for 20 years allowed me. I mean, today my kids are still breathing, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proof positive that a man can uh, raise kids. Well, Shannon, like, what do you think? Do you think that um, that men are inept and they're not able to care for kids, and that's why a lot of women don't want to leave their children alone with them, or is it just that mother-child bond? I certainly do not think that men are inept at parenting. Right. <laughs> and my husband is very, very involved uh, with our daughters and spends a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with them. If I want any break at all from parenting, mothering, I, I, need, to, I need to leave the, the girls with my husband sometimes. And you feel safe about that? Oh, more than safe. I mean, it's, it's wonderful for everybody. It's so, a win-win situation. Well, what I mean by saying men, I'm not saying men are inept. I'm saying that that is the message that... Men yeah. are inept, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, I, I, and there are a lot of moms that I've done workshops for that agree is that they, they have a difficult time changing their behavior, and sometimes men want to get involved, but they don't because moms focus too much on the how and not the what. And what I think what's happened is that... Well, tell me more about that. Okay, well, does it really matter if the child is dressed uh, 
dress color coordinated. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, or, yeah. Even, or even, it's a matter of, I think what it is, is uh, different methods, different styles, and different priorities. Right. When men take care of kids and women take care of kids. And what I mean by that is, like, my priority with the kids was not how, how he's, how, not the cleanliness of the house. Yeah. What it was, was uh, engaging with them activities. So, with my wife, it was cleaning the house. So when she came home, and the house isn't clean to her expectations. Ooh, I would receive criticism I rather bet. than saying, "Hey, you know, thanks for doing the laundry." And, but instead, it was, "Oh, you didn't do the dishes. You didn't do this. You didn't do that." And then she didn't look at how healthy the kids were and that they were, had a smile on their face. Or what you did do. Oh, right. Exactly. Right. Shannon, what do you think? I mean, why do women tend to do that? Because that was a big thing in this survey the other day. Was that women felt like when their husband said, "You don't appreciate what I do," they rolled their eyes, the the wives, because they were like, <laughs> well, "You're kidding me! You changed a diaper, and I've been doing this for three years, and you want right. praise." Right, and and you probably um, could see that interaction going on in my house sometimes. I'm sure. What's um, that about? Well, you know, I think it can go both ways too. But I think what's difficult is that the at-home parent. Um, no matter who it is, often can feel underappreciated because if you are not the full-time at-home parent, you can never, never truly understand what it is like and the nonstop nature of the demands on your time and your energy, the fact that you never have a work break or a lunch break. Well, I, go, I think it goes like back that. to expectations, too, because what I found out is when the working parent comes home, the parent that's at home has high expectations of the working parent and expect the working parent to learn in one hour what they learned in eight hours. Uh -huh. Right, what right. I mean, yeah, because, you know, you're there all day, you understand the baby, and then we have to understand that the working parent comes in and two things happen. One is they come home and they're trying to make adjustment into doing things, and it's not done the way the stay-at-home parent did it. And sometimes I've had to hold back with my wife and say, okay, I'm giving you the responsibility of taking care of the kids for the, or being with the kids for the next half hour. And what, the, whatever way you want to dress the kids or however you want to care with them, I'm going to give you carte blanche. Because, you know, they feel guilt. She felt guilty that she was away all day. She sure. just wants to be with the kids. And then she also wants to be the yes person because she doesn't want to say no when we, when you get the discipline problems had to that that was a tough thing because when she was home she was making up for lost time and saying yes 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 to the kids yeah. all the time now shannon do you have the opposite with your husband i think i, I think that i do experience that and um you know sometimes i think of the the parent who's outside the home all day as sort of the, the fun parent because you know, whoever is in the house all day long with the small children does have to do a lot more of the discipline. And, and they're they, boring. Right, and, and, and you're more the, you know, the, the more um, frequent rule enforcer because you were there for all those hours. Right. Um, and it, it's definitely true. When my husband comes in the door, the kids are on him immediately. They, they missed him. They want to play with him. And that is challenging, I know, for him to, to make that transition quickly and then to... Um, you know, kind of walk that fine line of being there to have fun and spend time with them and enjoy them, but also maintain family rules and discipline. He does a really, really good job, but um, our kids are just turned eight and almost six now, so um, we've had some years of practice and experience with this. But you know what, a lot of... I tell, uh, sorry, I tell a lot of parents, though, that feel left out, the stay-at-home parent that's like, they come in and they steal the show, is that really the kids 
feel secure and safe with you. You've been with them all day. You've been building yeah. this connection with them. Be secure in that and let them do what they need to do with their other parent. And it doesn't really reflect anything other than it's another parent in the house that right. they're going to interact with. Right, and, and in my experience, most, the, the stay-at-home moms that I know and, and um, myself most of the time, I think more than anything we're thrilled that that other person is home because, as I said before, it's a nonstop job. And, um, you know, I could care less what, you know, what playtime activity they go and do or the details of what of how my husband right. is interacting with them. I'm thrilled that someone else is there right. so I can but use the bathroom by myself. But and, the, you're secure in your relationship. Yes, definitely. Well, you know, you, ha you have to be. Most I find that most at-home dads are very confident and secure about themselves. Yes, they have to be. Yeah, have yeah. To be. And also, I, 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 I had kind of a different experience in my role as a stay-at-home parent. Um, I really loved being at home. As challenging as it was, I can truthfully tell you that I was very passionate. I loved being a stay-at-home parent. I was only going to do it for four years, but I talked my wife into extending a contract. We had a third baby because I, <laughs> I loved it. and. I actually uh, have more respect for the working parent because I only have to concentrate on the kids, and it's just one one thing. The the, the adult parent, I mean, the working parent has to come home and they have to turn that light switch on and off, right. and they have to make all they have to make all kinds of adjustments. Yep. You know, they have the extra added stress, and I think one of the things that we forget about with the at-home dad lifestyle is uh, the issues my wife had to deal with in terms of you know the backhanded comments she would get about you know, how could you leave your husband alone with the kids, or you should be the mom, you shouldn't be working. Um, and so they, she had some challenging issues to deal with, but I had more, much more respect for the working dad being in that. Well, I gained a lot of respect for stay-at-home moms, but I also gained a lot of respect for working dads be, because uh, they did have to come home and make the transition and all the adjustments. So tell me, you guys, what do you think? Is there a better answer, stay-at-home mom versus stay-at-home dad, has a better impact on your family, or it doesn't matter? What do you think? Oh, I, I would never say there's one that's, that's um, universally better than the other. As I said you know, earlier, it really has to come down to what's right for the family. And, and uh, I love being home with my kids, too. I, I find it extremely fulfilling and rewarding, and, um, and I hope I can do it for as long as possible. Maybe I had to think about that third baby, huh, Hogan? Yes, I right. yeah, If you really love it, you know, it's, it's great. It's not just the, it's not just the kids. It's, I, I appreciate uh, hanging around with the other kids and, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and uh, just being around kids. It was just fun with, for me, but I totally agree with you. It's, you know, the, you, actually, the kids don't care. They're, they're happy to have a parent, and yeah. actually, the, uh, the kids in the neighborhood loved it, having me around. I was, my house was kind of like the boys' club. All the boys would come over. I'd, I'd have eight, ten boys at, the, at my house all the time, and um, I just loved having them around. That's great. So, I mean, you really, either one of you don't feel it matters. It's just no, to have a loving, solid on, parent. It's, it's the family's choice, and the at-home dad lifestyle is not for everybody. We just, what we're just saying is that, you know, it's a choice guys can make now that they could talk to their wives about. Okay. And also, you know, it's a benefit to the wives who want to pursue careers, and it's a benefit to the community, communities that are a lot safer with men around during the day. Well, what do you think about the people that say, well, women are genetically wired to be better at this? I mean, what do you think, Shannon? Oh, I, I, I don't buy that at all. I really don't. Not to downplay the bond that a mother experiences with her child, but, but dads experience those kinds of bonds as well. So... Yeah, I, I don't think that holds a whole lot of water. I mean, personally, that that isn't the the reason that I. Well, I, 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 well, I mean, there's there's the, the the only advantage a woman has is a nine month head start. That's interesting. 
What yeah, do you mean? because, you know, the thing is, if you allow a dad to spend time in bond, you know, bonding with the baby is changing the diaper. It's, uh, you know, putting the baby to bed. And, and moms and dads bond differently. Sure. Okay, so then I have another question. So dad has to stay home, and it's made, the decision is made earlier, like we were discussing, maybe on a default for money issues or whatever. Does that reason for dad staying home change the perception and the experience for kids and parents? If dad didn't really want to stay home, but did on a default, mm-hmm. what do you I, think? I think? Or did on a default, you said? Yeah, they had to do it because of finances. Mom made more money. Dad didn't make enough. It was better to keep that somebody home and whoever was making less stayed home. Does that decision being made in that manner for those reasons affect the whole overall outcome for kids and parents? Yeah, in a positive way, because it allowed the guy to make maybe make a choice he would never have even thought of. And he's not angry. Well, he might be angry to the point, he might, you know, everybody, every at-home dad, I don't know if it's with at-home moms, but every at-home dad goes through a various stage when you're making a big change in your life. You know, oh, you, it's you, true you, for at-home moms as well. Yeah, you question, you, know, you, question your, you question, your, for men, you question your masculinity, you wonder if this is the right choice, you're going against the grain, you have to make different adjustments. At the end of the day, you don't get a paycheck. <laughs> right. Um, you have to really be a little bit more focused on, um, on different things. Yeah, your priorities so, are different. That's yeah, smile. Prior, yeah, priorities are different. And so um, I think what a lot of men are starting to understand, we, I mean, we even get guys calling up and saying, hey, I'm thinking about being an at-home dad. What can you tell me? So we become a resource for men that are thinking about it. And so what we tell them is, you know, you're going to go through these different uh, phases, and it's normal. And it is? Some guys, you know, some guys wake up earlier. Some guys take maybe a year or two to, to, to adjust. Okay, but in that year or two, is there havoc going on, you think, within their home? or you There's think havoc going on in everybody's home in the first two years of <laughs> a kid's sure. life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Amen. So you don't really think it matters? No. As long as dad or whoever has made that decision as a family, as a team, they move into it. Exactly. Yeah, it's no yeah. different than a stay-at-home mom saying, you know, a woman right. saying to the husband, hey, I want to stay home with the kids. They still have to make the same, they still have to make adjustments, too. Absolutely. So who do you think is really dictating that moms have to stay home? Is it more of a cultural thing or more of a society kind of perception? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I think that it's, it's both. But, um, you know, now that it's 2012 and it was, it was 2004 when my, I had my first daughter, you know, I didn't find choosing the option of staying at home full time, I didn't find that to be a foregone conclusion at all. I, I took a lot of um, questions and, you know, maybe a little bit of heat for earning a doctoral degree and launching a successful career and then choosing to be home with my kids. I mean, it was definitely not something yeah. that... I've heard that, that from stay-at-home moms, too, um, yeah. with that, you know, they felt pressure that they, sh- uh, that they should be working and not caring. For, well, they sh- I first felt, yeah, I felt pressure from some working moms that have said that they felt the pressure that they shouldn't be working, they should be home taking care of the kids. I agree with that, but why do you think in general, because one of the things that came out in this survey was that um, dads often feel that they can accept imperfection, and you, you touched on it a little bit, Hogan, earlier, that dads can oftentimes accept imperfection in parenting easier than moms. What is that about? What do you think, Shannon? Well, I think that is a gender difference, and that's a, you know, that's, of course, that's a sweeping generalization. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the reasons that I wrote my book was that I really felt like there, there is something about um, moms 
that makes us have a harder time taking good care of ourselves and taking time for ourselves right, and, yeah. and whatnot. And that does that ties into that whole notion of imperfection because you have to be able to embrace your limits and, and imperfection to um, take care of your own self in addition to your kids. Right. Oh, I, total, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah I just, just think there is a lot of societal pressure for, mm-hmm. for women in, in this generation and beyond to do it all because when I w- was young and was growing up, it was just expected that I would develop a career even though my mom had been home with us with my sisters and myself, but it was expected that I would have a kind of a high-flying career, but then also it was never a question that I would have a family as well. So when you are um, you know, developing and, and becoming a, an adult in a culture that, that is sending those messages that, well, certainly you're going to be able to juggle all that, that's just normal now, boy, that really does lead to some high ex- self-expectation. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's tough to kind of meet up to that, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's an individual thing where just like dad has to deal with his imperfections of his job or whoever is not right. at home, right. at home has to deal with, you know, nothing's perfect, and especially Absolutely. rearing and raising children. I think, well, I think dads struggle with imperfections, too, but they just don't wear it on their sleeve. I mean... Tell me more about that, because I think that's true. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, women are much more... Um, again, it's just because we're, we're diff- wired different. You know, we handle things differently. I think when women... T- Tend to hold on to things a little bit more, and I mean, even with, without my friends, I can I can make a personal attack on one of my friends, and then we're over it. We're, we're friends, right? You know, you, uh, women do that. From what I heard from the moms groups that I was in at coffee time, <laughs> um, you know, they would make That's comments scary. and they would have, get in these cat fights. And one of the moms said, "You know, Hogan, it's so nice to have you in this group because you prevent a lot of these cat fights." And some of these women were, and, and I think most, some of the pressure actually comes from other women. It doesn't come from the men. Right. And the, and, the, and the women start to hold grudges. And then they hold, not only they hold grudges against other women, they hold grudges against their husband. And well, that well I think too. women are just a lot more emotional and, yes. and, um, and experience things in, in relation to social relationships a lot more. And, um, yeah, that can, that can and, be And I want to just come back to the point that you made, Shannon, is that, for example, I would not have a problem during the course of the day, if I said I w- if I felt I was tired and needed a nap, <laughs> because you know right. I, if I'm sleep deprived, I'm risking the baby's health. So that's my way of looking at this. I would uh-huh. I would not hesitate taking a nap while my while my baby was taking a nap, or I would not hesitate calling somebody else up and say, "Can you come over and watch the kid for two hours so I could take take a nap?" Right. Moms will not take a nap because they think that if a baby, a baby if a baby if something happens to baby while somebody else is caring for the baby, that they're responsible even though it wasn't on their watch. Well, that and also, I would say more than that, it's among the moms that I know, and in my experience, it's more, um, A, you don't want to impose on somebody else because they've all got their demands and their own small children, too, they're struggling with, Mm -hmm. and B, if you're at home and the baby's sleeping, you don't want to take a nap because, are you kidding me? Your to-do list is a mile long. But that's what, what, again, I'm going back to is that, you know what? Most men that I talk to don't really care how the house looks. What they care about more is the woman's health. About you know, if you're going 100 miles an hour, are you you know, what happens if you're sleep deprived and you don't have the energy and you know you're not you got to take care of you first sometimes yeah, instead exactly. of the baby. And, and I mean, the, the women women that. understand that, but the thing is they can't act on it. It's why? Hard. It's really hard. It and is. Why? And that's exactly why I wrote a whole manual that coaches at home moms toward that. 
end of taking better care of themselves and being okay with that, not feeling guilty exactly. about that right. they yeah. need to care for the, themselves. But why do they feel so guilty? Why can't they just say, you know what, I'm going to take a nap. Like Dad says, I'm going to kick back and I'm going to sleep while Junior's sleeping. Mom should be able to do that. Why can't she? Well, I, I really do think that it goes back to, to, to some sort of perceived societal expectation that you can and should be doing it all. If you're yeah. going to be a modern woman, you better have it down. And if you're going to walk away from a... a, a a successful and powerful career to be at home, boy, you better run that home just Tight. as successfully. You no, know, but that happens to men, too. That, that happens yeah. to men, too. They, that, Does those it? expectations are there, too. And I think what's happening is there are a lot of families like your family and other families that are starting to realize that they have another choice, that they don't have to uh -huh. accept that, and that, you know what, we're going to create a balanced life that works well for our family. Because right, I know right. some couples that... At where the where the husband is working at night and the the the, the mom is working during the day, uh -huh. and there's other parents that are working, you know, that have stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, and you know, there there's all kinds of family dynamics there, and they all work, and they work based on whether or not the husband and wife want to make it work. And see, and that's the that's the key, Hogan. It's got to be a team. Yeah. yeah. And if it's not a team, then it's not going to work no matter who's home, who's working, or whatever. But, you know, you've got to set the gender side issue aside, and let's look at it from the kids' perspective. I know when my kids introduce me to uh, their friends, they don't make race or the status uh, uh, an issue. They don't say, hey, this is my stay-at-home Dutch Indonesian dad with a receding hairline, six <laughs> foot six. okay? They just turn around and say, hey, this is my dad. Right, and they feel connected and safe, right, and, yeah. they're, they're, and they move on. So if it's not an issue for the parents who are should be connected as a team, then it's not an issue for anybody. Is that correct? Is that a safe thing to say? Well, it shouldn't be an issue for anyone. It right. should be a you know a personal family decision. And I, I think Hogan's right. You have to put gender aside. You have to look at um, all the different reasons that it might be a good thing. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing anybody can do, regardless of the family dynamics, is to really, you know, when somebody gives you a backhanded comment, and I'm seeing this more with the at-home dads of this generation, they're much more courageous these days. So now when they hear a backhanded comment, what they say, you know, they're politely turn around and said, excuse me, you know, my wife and I made a conscious decision for me to stay home, and if you'd like to know a little bit more about how we made that decision and why we feel comfortable with it, I'd be happy to explain it to you. And what happens? Oh, people, you know, they question, they ask, and, oh, really, oh, is that true? That's not, you know, then all of a sudden the conversation will come up, oh, well, gee, that's not what I read or what I'd have heard. And, you know, it sounds, it sounds like, David, like you really enjoy your job. And David will go, yeah, I really do enjoy my job. And um, well, you're in a position to educate people and help them embrace. Right. And it, I... used, it used to be where guys used to just say, you know, they hear the comment and they'd, they'd be submissive and, and, then go, you know, and then not talk about it, or they just shy away from and isolate themselves. And a great comment that came from an at-home dad a while back was, um, if you want a friendly father environment, be a friendly father. So the responsibility goes way, both ways. Men need to learn how to be friendly, friendlier fathers and, and change the stigma. Right. And they can do that by behavior, by going to the playground with a smile on their face and not, not, not giving the body language that they don't want to be there. Like, for example, don't bring a newspaper and read it while your kid's playing. <laughs> yeah, and put it in front of your face. Right. Pretend like you enjoy being there. Well, my other question to you guys is, do you think that many of the people like the guys or the fathers that are asking or wondering or the moms are because they'd like to try that in their own home but don't know if they had to go about it or are not comfortable yet? Well, that could be. 
this culture is changing all the time, and um, I think we're going to see more at-home dads. I do, too, and I think time goes on. And I think people, families are really interested in the non-traditional ways they were brought up, and I think they yeah. get comfortable by kind of asking and maybe Well, I don't think it's judging. Uh, I think also, too, it's that uh, you're seeing more, like, for example, the, when I became an at-home dad, there wasn't a network. I was isolated. There were no play groups. Right. And so uh, when we started the convention, by the way, we're having our 17th annual convention wow. in Washington, D.C. You can go to www.athomedadconvention.com. But back then, um, you know, I got involved in starting the convention and doing stuff. And what happened was I realized I became a role model for other guys and going like, oh, hey, you know, oh, that guy's doing it. And then, I, you know, I look, oh, that guy's doing it. Uh, now you're seeing more guys on the playground. You're seeing the Internet's been great because now – like uh, Shannon said, there aren't that many at-home dads, so the demographics make it tough for them to yeah. uh, to connect with playgroups. Yeah. And the Internet's been great because you can log on, and then you, the guys go, oh, wow, you know, I'm not the only one. Oh, wow, there's a convention. Oh, wow, there's resources. And, and we've actually had guys call contact us that, were, that didn't have a baby yet that were thinking about the at-home dad lifestyle. Very so nice. the, this is beautiful to hear it because the mindset is changing because people are going like, it's not so much that they want to, don't want to do non-traditional. I think they're starting to recognize that there are other choices out there available. And they might even enjoy them. Yes. All I right. know I did mine. <laughs> I have another question for you guys. So if things didn't work out in a marriage and there is a divorce, obviously dads should stay connected and involved in their children's lives. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, of course. And oh, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter the dynamics. And how do they do that? Because a lot of our, my listeners, people that are on Twitter, whatever, they have a difficult time with that once they move away and they've moved into another home or they have another family. They've walked away sometimes from their children, which really, as we know, and from what I do for a living, translates into a lot of bad outcomes for kids. Yeah. So how, how would you suggest that a lot of dads listening, moms listening, stay integrated with their children connected to their fathers. Well, I think fathers. the biggest thing is the emotional factor. Um, what do you mean? Well, there's so much emotion uh, with regards to anger at the spouse. Right, unresolved stuff. Yeah, unresolved stuff. And what they need to do is to, just to, is to understand that they're divorcing the spouse and to let go of the pain and focus on the kids. And they're not divorcing their children. No, no. And see, and that's the message that I, we need to get out there, because you're not divorcing your children. You're using them as a weapon if you walk away from them. Yeah, and even if the other spouse, I mean, I've talked to some divorced dads about that. And, you know, I'm not, and, and it goes both ways. There are men that, that use the kids as a weapon. But, you know, you can get in a relationship, and if both spouse, one spouse doesn't want to work at it, and even in a divorce, what I tell the man is, look, you know, even if your spouse, ex-spouse is using the children as a weapon, don't let that discourage you from continuing to bond with the children. And wh why do you think they're able to, I mean, they make it look oftentimes that it's just easier to walk away and they just disconnect, but they've got to be breaking inside, don't you think? Well, oh, yeah. oh, yes. I, can I share you a story about my, um, um, I grew up without a father and had the privilege of, of uh, reconnecting with him after, wow. after 27 years. Good for you. And in my book, what I talk about is the healing process that men have to go through, and it kind of relates, I think, to what you're saying. Uh, this is more from son to father, but it still, it still works from father to child. Well, I went to go visit my dad, and he happened to live in Brazil, so I had to fly over there, and I planned to live with him for six months. So after a few months, um, he took me aside, and we talked, and um, he started crying, and he started, you know, he's tell he told me his side of the story. And my mom never told said anything about my dad, why they divorced or anything and I never knew about my dad. 
So um, I got to listen to his side of the story, and he started crying and apologizing. And that moment in time, I, well, for so many years, I felt the pain of not not having a father. Right. At that moment in time, I realized that he missed me more than I missed him. Wow. And I turned to him, I said, you have nothing to apologize for. Very nice. And, and a lot of men don't get that yet. Right. But why don't they relinquish those feelings to their children who walk around for years like you did, wondering, like, oh, my gosh, what did well, I do? Well, I think it goes back to the culture. We think that men don't have feelings. That I mean, think about this. How many forums are available where men can actually go and express what they feel without feeling judgmental? And feel safe. And feel safe. And I'll give you an example. One of the motivations that I had, and I've done a lot of open discussion groups since, for, since 1992, where guys come in and people say, oh, you know, guys won't show up. Well, they do show up and they do talk about sensitive issues. What I found out early on and what motivated me to be passionate about being an advocate for fatherhood was that as I'm sitting in here, I'm sitting with strangers I met for the first time, sometimes in groups of five up to groups of a, of a, of a hundred. And I'm sitting there, and these guys are sharing intimate details with me that they never shared with their wives. Wow. That's what I found out. Because they're safe. Well, because they're afraid to. Why? Shannon, why are they afraid? It's such a uh, deep-seated cultural expectation that, that boys and men do not express their emotions, that that means they're less strong and that they're not manly. You know, it's such a shame, but that, that, uh, that cliche or that stereotype of the strong male, you know, has been around for ages, right? Oh, yeah, but I, and I agree, but there's also an element of, again, I think we've done a disservice to women and not teaching them how to handle how a dad feels. Uh, you know, you react to what he says, and you're not looking at, at, you never ask, you know, well, why do you feel that way? And vice versa, we don't teach dads how to express how they feel. And um, uh, oftentimes what happens is conflict ensues, and nobody really gets down to exactly. you know, why the dads feel that way. And in the two books that I wrote, I tell moms, it says, look, find out, you know, first of all, if, if something comes out of a man's mouth, it's going to sound stupid. I agree. Okay. <laughs> why? But, you know, we just, sometimes we just blurt stuff out, and I tell oh. the women, I said, you know, just don't listen to the words. Just look at his body language and just take it in and then take a deep breath and maybe, you know, if you can, wait an hour or so, come back and then revisit and ask, you know, what did you mean? How do, how do you feel? But isn't that the same way as, like, don't look at how the diaper is taped on, be it, glad it, the it, diaper's it, on the kid? That's exactly it. And also, I have men said to me that, you know, I, I wanted to tell my wife how I felt, and then and sometimes, what ha some things, sometimes what happens is they'll say, well, how could you feel that way? Or you don't love me anymore, comments come out. Or, yeah. you know, and again, it goes back to the women going, well, you know, suck it up, you know, so you feel that way, so, you know, fix it. Well, I think it's ironic because when women ask men, well, when we talk, we just want you to put your arm around us and just listen and maybe give us a hug. So I've asked women, okay, when your husband comes over and, and shares how you feel, do you ever just put your arm around him and say, I'm sorry you felt, feel that way? Right, and why don't they? Why is it not emotionally safe to just be kind of raw and vulnerable? Both of you, I need to know that. Because, I mean, things are at stake when that happens. Well, I think in any healthy relationship, it is, it is safe to do that. So when you're talking about you know, a situation where that doesn't happen, then there are problems in that, yeah. in that relationship. That's right. just really what it comes down to. But the thing is, it happens too often on both sides. No, absolutely. I think it happens on both sides. And, and I think it's a, a matter of, of, you know, the, the couple recognizing those things. And it, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to sit back and say, I'm wrong, 
or in a men's case, they say, you know, they don't like to say the word wrong. They say, I'm not right. <laughs> it, right. Um, uh, you know, because we, we're human, we make mistakes, and, and, and it's hard to apologize to your spouse, too. I mean, and you have to remember there's so many other factors into it. You know, you've got outside forces. You may have a mom may have a mother-in-law that's always criticizing the son-in-law. And then all of a sudden it's tough for the mom to turn around and say to her mother, say, you know, please don't talk about my husband that way. Or it's, vice versa. Yeah, and, and vice versa. And I've heard, I've heard that say to me, you know, God, you know, it's just, you know, Hogan, I don't understand it. You know, why doesn't my wife stand up for me? And what do you say? He's frustrated. And do you explain how he got to that point where he's probably angry and hasn't really verbalized it? Yeah, yeah. So I explained to him. I said, well, you know, maybe there one, one of the tactics I use is that, well, first of all, you know, you need to maybe go to your wife and say, hey, honey, I'd like to block out time. Don't just go over there and deliver and say, hey, I'm mad because you didn't do this. Say, excuse me, honey, I really have to talk to you about something that's bothering me. Can we make block out some time maybe today or maybe tomorrow instead of just laying it on him? Because, you know, you don't know what the mindset of the woman is at that time. And then also what I tell him, I said, look, you know, try that and try to talk and, and don't raise your voice, sit down, you know, try, try to control the tone of your voice. So you're really doing some marital therapy. Yeah, and then, and then what I tell them, I said, you know, you know and give it time. It's not going to happen overnight. And then I said, you know, give it a couple weeks or three weeks, and if you're still getting frustrated, uh, don't, then the other option is to, who's the closest person to your wife that you can trust? Is it your, the brother, her brother, her sister, or, or a friend? That's why I tell these guys it's, it's important to develop relationships with the friends and the, the siblings of, of your spouse because what you can do is you can go to, say, the brother, if you have a close relationship with the brother, say, hey, hey John, you know what, um, have you noticed that, you know, the, the backhanded comments that I'm receiving from your, your mom? And, you know, he'll probably say, yeah, and, you know, and I talked to your sister about this, and, like, you know, she, she won't stand up for me or anything. You're like, could you use any way you could talk to her? And this third-party rule, from what I've, feedback I've gotten, has worked excellent. Because now, as you know, if, if a spouse says something to another spouse, they don't take it very well. But if they hear it from a third-party, outside party... Okay, I get that. Yeah, it brings attention but, to them, you know, and they, and they might give a little bit more thought about saying, oh, you know what, you know, my husband is right. Maybe I should talk to him a little bit more. Shan, Shannon, what do you think about that? As a woman, does a woman want to hear, oh, I talked to your sister about this? I'm not, oh. well, I'm not, I'm not saying that, the, that you tell the... You, you find a way for that third party to subtly bring up the conversation. Okay, yeah. I get Look, it. Oh, well, by the way, to the sister, I noticed that, wow, you know, that backhanded comment that mom made the other day, you know, I don't know how you put up with that. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, yeah. Shannon, is that a safe way in? I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, taking that a step further, that's one of the, the reasons that marital therapy can really be as, so effective is that, uh, you know, each member of the couple is hearing from a third outside Neutral, party. safe place. Yeah, yeah, in a neutral, safe place. And sometimes hearing another person, not your spouse, say, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z, or this needs to be addressed, or that right. wasn't fair the way you did that to, to her, that can make a really, really big difference. Yeah, I'll a, tell you a funny yeah. story. I was actually over at another parent's house, and we had the discipline issues where my wife was saying yes a lot, and I said, you know, stop making me the bad guy. So we went over to the neighbor's house, and there was a tussle going on upstairs, and the wife was downstairs, and the husband was downstairs. And the wife turned to the husband and said, can you go up there and straighten that out? And the husband turned around and said, uh, oh, honey, why do I have to be the bad guy all the time? Yeah. In, in front of my wife. And ah. then my wife kind of looked over there, and I looked at her, I go, see? Right. <laughs> right, like that. 
Good for you guys. All right, so Shannon, tell us where we can find you, what books we got to look at about you, because some of these books, you, this one book is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. This, um, the, the book that came out this winter is my first um, book, actually. I have other things published, um, essays and anthologies and, and articles and whatnot, but this is my first um, book. It's called The Essential Stay-at-Home Mom Manual, How to Have a Wondrous Life Amidst Kids and Chaos. You can find it on Amazon. You can go to my website, www.shannontassava.com. And um, find out more about my book and about coach, my coaching services and whatnot there. Very nice. So, again, it's the Essential Stay-at-Home Mom Manual, How to Have a Wondrous Life Amidst Kids and Chaos at right. com. Yes. Thank you for your expertise. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Hogan? Yes. Okay. All right. How about we take a caller? Sure. Okay. Stephen. Hey, Stephen. How you doing? Good. How are you, doctor? I'm good. How can we help you? You're on with myself and Hogan Hilling. Hello, Hogan Hilling. How are hey, you? I'm doing great, Stephen. So, yes, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I've been doing this now for five years, and it was kind of a decision that was made in our family that inherently I was the better parent. I, I had this, was able to deal with the changing of the diapers and the formula and all these things that, you know, husbands are never supposed to know how to do, like uh -huh. we're idiots. <laughs> I kind of had this natural tendency to, and because of the creative nature of the work that I do, you know, I mean, it was able to, you know, with, with stay in the, at home and continue to work while being, you know, a full-time parent, and my wife is more corporate, and it's just, it seems like we get a bum rap, like, like we're doing the wrong thing if we can't be the breadwinner, or, you know, or there's something wrong with our wife if she'd rather be in the workplace. A lot needs to be said that inherently as people, we all can be a good parent. We all have it in us. We all know what we're doing. It just seems that there's not enough support for, I guess, dad. So what kind for, of support do you want? You want a parade? I don't want a parade, but I think it's just like uh, maybe somewhere, maybe there's a great parenting book written by a stay-at-home dad. I don't know that. Like, well, if Hogan, I think what he's, what he's referring to is, is more of the systematic changes that need to be made. In like, other words, like for what? mom... You know, she can go to the hospital, and there are tons of classes for uh, 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 breastfeeding, emotional support. I There's a mommy it. and me class. You go to you go to the elementary schools, yeah. and it's a given that moms are involved. But if you sometimes, I used to go on the playground, and the kids were going, well, "Mr. Hilling, what are you doing here?" Oh, I'm here to help. And the, and the comment I get from the kids is, "Oh, oh, we only we thought only moms were supposed to be here." Right. Oh, I get what. I, oh, your daddy still doesn't have a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think well, what, what, he, what, true, what, what, what Stephen is referring to is that, you know, gee, it would be nice where there's a consistent place where I can go to, where I know where I feel safe and not judgmental. And actually, that's one of the things that I'm trying to do with my Dad's Behaving Dadly tour, is to right. try to, you know, uh, help, you know, provide systematic changes. I mean, look at the hospitals and how many classes that are available just yeah. for expectant moms versus expectant dads. But I think it's also a matter of, like, um, the, my children go to private school here in Los Angeles, and the school that they attend, they're very, very, you know, uh, making sure the parents are active. And one of the things we have to do is go and serve lunch when they're in, you know, the lower, younger ages, kindergarten through third grade. And it's that, like, there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home parent either way, mm -hmm. but it's almost like all the things that are expected are very mom-like. Yeah, yeah like, yes, like yes. it's. Like, why is it, why do I need to be serving lunch when I can be, if they want me to help and do something in the school, there's so many things that I could be doing. It's like this throwback idea of, like, women aren't able to do anything other than Well, it's really interesting that you say that because that's what I experience. And also, it goes back, what we're, what we're dealing with is a similar challenge is that the uh, uh, women's movement went into corporate America. 
there's this mother's turf thing going on, and the moms are very uncomfortable, so they feel like they have to control and direct you as though you're inept, and also they want to they want things done the way they want them done. And what I mean by that is if you ask a bunch of guys to put together an event, yeah, okay, moms are going to start saying, no, no, don't do that. We've been doing it this way for years. Right. Uh, one, actually, PTO dad uh, made a great comment one time is that uh, they had a, a mom said, yeah, we need to teach dads, you know, how to, how, to, how to do stuff around here. And the guy says, no, you don't. Just get out, get out of our way. No, I agree. <laughs> it's, I'm not, it's, it's almost like the term Mr. Mom yeah. is what the, where the problem starts. Because uh, you can be a great stay-at-home parent, and you can be, I'm a great stay-at-home dad. I'm a father. Yes, some of the things I do because I'm the primary child care provider for the most mm-hmm. part because I work from the home is some of them are a little bit more maternal. But it's not like I am doing the laundry yeah. and making, yes, I make lunches well, because I wake up well, early, yeah, but well, it's the sad not part, the apparently, sad part, you can be a stay-at-home dad and still be a dad. Yeah, the sad part is that they're looking at men as a replacement for mom, and that's not what we are. And I think that's an, important, that's an for, important thing. Well, no, parents, they're looking at it as a replacement for mom. That, that's the point. They're not looking at it as a parent. They're looking at it as a, re, as a replacement for mom. Right, and that doesn't happen because there yeah. is no replacement for either one of us. Oh, exactly, right. All right, so Hogan, you got a mission and you're on it, right? Oh, definitely. All right, and, and thanks to guys like Stephen and other dads—not you know just at-home dads—but there's so many involved dads out there that the focus needs to be on the dads that are involved. And, right. You know the whole father absence thing and the deadbeat dads—that's a small population of men, and we keep focusing on those guys. It is. I mean, yeah. you know, it is. But I think it has an impact on on outcomes for kids. And so, yes. if we can pick up those guys and get them a little stronger and really have them understand the power that they really do have on their children, I think if we can get them more involved, I think that would be a great. Well, thing. I think more moms are starting to recognize that. Is that you know, we they have they can empower themselves to help uh, dads drum up the courage to empower themselves. Yeah, every, each one, each parent brings a strength yeah. to their children, and I think we need to just kind of continue to say that message. And Stephen, keep making your lunches, and you know, thank you for support, and I would get on that. Dad's behaving badly. Well, you, yeah, you know, Stephen, uh, go to the, uh, uh, we have a convention every year. If you can make that, be great. Just go on to the website, uh, daddyshome.org, and also www.athomedadconvention.com, and keep on daddying. All right, and as Will Smith said, it's a full-time job to be a good dad. It is a full-time job. It's the best job you're ever going to love. That's why I, I'm a stay-at-home dad. Good job. Enjoy it. Thank hey, you. Stephen, I'm, guys, in, I'm in L.A. Get, get in touch. I'm in the L.A. area, so get in touch with me. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hogan, how about we do a uh, voicemail that came in, and then I'll set you free. Okay. Hey, Dr. Sophie, this is Mike. An interesting topic here about stay-at-home moms versus stay-at-home dads. Um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on which is better, if one really is better. Uh, but my question is um, about the, the neighborhood support system and how that might play into things. And if you're a stay-at-home dad and most of the other stay-at-home parents in the neighborhood are women, um, how does that affect the dynamic? And I guess vice versa, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're in a neighborhood that happens to be full of stay-at-home dads, um, is that a good thing or a bad thing, or is it better that the stay-at-home parent is the same gender as the other stay-at-home parents in the neighborhood uh, so they get support from one another? Um, thanks for your answer. Bye-bye. Well, I have my thoughts, but you go ahead first, Hogan. Um, I think the focus really has to be on the kids. And also I think if you're, if you're the lone wolf, I think you have to take the responsibility of making other people feel comfortable about you. 
Yeah, and I, fu I fully agree. But I also think it's a wonderful thing because there's a whole added dynamic that's brought into the daytime thing that may not be there in that neighborhood. Oh, oh most, oh, most definitely. And then definitely from a stay-at-home dad's point of view, being the lone wolf, it was quite an adjustment for me to make. But again, I, uh, I struggled at first, but once I started walking around the neighborhood feeling comfortable with my own skin and smiling all the time, People tend to embrace that kind of personality Absolutely. a little bit more. Absolutely. And um, I, don't, I don't have a natural smile. And I'm, plus, I'm six foot six. Well, nobody could see it anyway. Yeah, and I'm intimidating. I'm and sure. so I, I had to learn how to be less intimidating. Yeah, I, was, absolutely. I wasn't conscious of it. Right. And so I had to do things like at the playground, make sure that, you know, when I talked to the moms, that I wasn't standing up, that right. I was sitting down, that I was on the ground. And eye to eye. Eye to eye, that yep. I talked in a soft tone, that I talked about, you know, oh, look what your child is wearing. That's an interesting outfit. Or, right. boy, blue eyes. You know, instead of, instead of trying to ask the moms Did to they talk read about the, things uh... that are common with me, that, that I want to talk right. about, right. I took into the, what I needed to do to break the ice. Yeah, you've got to jump into their world. Exactly right. One yeah. of the other things is that I've, I've seen a lot of moms who get to do stuff during the day with their children when there's a dad in the neighborhood that they don't, wouldn't typically get to do. So, like, if they're in a neighborhood where there's a dad who's the stay-at-home, there's maybe more sports going on or more of the stuff mm -hmm. that they would typically love to do with their kids but don't get to do exactly, because dad does them yeah. when they get home. So there's well, a another good interesting, Another interesting thing that came across, too, when I was at home, dad, was that actually some of the husbands didn't want me being with their kids. Yeah, they felt so some sort of territorial. The pressure, sometimes the pressure is put on the mom, so it's really not the moms that don't want you around. It's the husbands either for maybe thinking that you know, there might an affair might ensue, and then also there's that fear against that culture stuff that Shannon was talking about. Is that um, I had one mom that was leaving me alone with the daughter, and that we were doing fine, and then all of a sudden she came up to me and said, "You know, I'm sorry, Hogan, but I can't leave my daughter with you anymore." And I go, "Why?" She goes, "You know, um, my husband won't allow it." And I said, "Oh, well, I'm sorry that happened. You know, that's going on. And, yeah. You know, she's got to honor her husband. You yeah. Know, what what but, is she going to do?" Right, but they are more of a marital issue than anything. And I right, but what I'm saying is that there are some women that won't that that she was she felt safe enough sharing that with give, telling me the reason. Yeah. What I'm suggesting to this caller is that you know you might see behaviors that the moms are exhibiting, but they may there may be a behavior that they that that they're being forced uh, to do. Right, right, right. Right, and they're not telling you why they're not engaged or why they're not inviting you in because you know it could be that some of the moms have said oh we don't want Dave, we don't exactly. want david around and right. all of a sudden you know they start acting like they don't want you around <laughs> right and they don't really they really do want you around but they really can't you know disrespect their partner right yeah no i know it's tough but you know in general i think it's a great movement that's happening i think men need to be much more involved with their kids they should learn to feel comfortable well, to hold their kids the, love their kids yeah the most important message actually is to the kids that that uh men and women can get along without having a sexual relationship. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your books and uh, your tour and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I have two books that are out, uh, Pacify Her, yeah. uh, what she's thinking when she's pregnant for a, a dad to read, and then uh, Rattled, what he's thinking when you're pregnant for a mom to read. And to my knowledge, I'm the first author, I believe, that has written companion books for a mom and a dad. And you can uh, uh, log on to www.hoganhilling.com. That's H-O-G-A-N-H-I-L-L-I-N-G.com. And then I'm working on a fifth book project that is getting uh, rave responses. Um, we're actually collecting success stories from dads, and we're trying to rebrand the image of fatherhood. 
The title of the book is Dad's Behaving Dadly. Love D- it. Yeah, D is in dog, not D is in boy badly. Okay? Right, I love Dad's it. Dad's com. And um, uh, please uh, spread the word. Uh, we've got fabulous stories that have already been written by the fathers, and and the, and the writing is not as important as the content. Uh, Al and I, my co-author, will will do all the editing. Yeah. Again, it's uh, dadsbehavingdadly.com, and all the information, submission guidelines, sample stories, everything's on there. So help out the dads movement here, and um, appreciate you visiting the website and start submitting stories. Moms, if you're listening, I'm sure there are dads in your community that you know are doing a wonderful job. Please encourage and invite them to participate in this uh, worthwhile project. And I'm planning to do a national tour of once the book gets published. Good job. Congratulations. Hey, thank you for all the great work you're doing. I appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, you too. Enjoy. Keep on daddying. You too. Wow. That was pretty interesting. Lots of uh, daddy talk, stay-at-home mom talk, stay-at-home dad talk, good callers, good emails. And I think the bottom line is that at the end of the day, we need to love our kids, we need to provide safety, and we need to provide permanence for our children and it doesn't matter about the gender. It matters about the consistency and the love. And as long as you're a partner with your partner and you have worked things out and made a solid decision as a family and you implement it and you're consistent, your children will do fine. And you got to be able to be consistent and secure within the relationship and the role that you take on within your family. Because even though, as we discussed earlier, it may have come about that dad is staying home because of financial reasons and mom's job makes more or whatever – And to work through the feelings of that so that they don't become the barrier for you to be a really good and effective and happy parent while you stay at home with your children. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Stay at home, mom. Stay at home, dad. Just love your kids and keep them safe. The podcasts are always available on my website. And I really want to thank you all for writing in, calling, tweeting, and emailing. And everything is, again, on my website, www.drsophie.com. Call my voicemail anytime, 24-7, sophie now or 1-855-767-4966. My book, Side by Side, available off my website or on uh, Amazon.com, Side by Side, a mother-daughter conflict resolution book. And always try your best to follow me on Twitter and Facebook for any updates and visit iTunes, of course, to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And most importantly, don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. You gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down, hey. I know it's hard.